Alrighty, we are back with your favorite podcast show of the week. This is Location Weekly, and it is episode number 467. Um, uh, Brianna, uh, we had a little preamble discussion beforehand. I'm going to let you kick off our show right off the bat, and then we'll kind of come back to to the normal uh, programming. All right, sure. Um, Yeah, so it's been a really heavy week. with a lot that's been going on, obviously being right here in Atlanta, um, you know, the home of, of civil rights and, uh, Martin Luther King and all of the history and things that, um, you know, we claim as a city. And this has been a really crazy week with, you know, everything that was fought for so many years ago and still the injustices and, and, um, just the sadness, uh, that remains with, uh, people of color. And so, I mean, I just wanted to take a, a minute before we, you know, start on anything else and, and just really say to all of our Black listeners, our, you know, brothers and sisters, our friends in the industry, um, colleagues, you know, everybody who has been dealing with this for their entire life and for generations that um, your life matters to us, that we are listening, that we are here to be part of the solution and part of the conversation we want to we want to hear from you for more than just, you know, location-based marketing stories. And, and we want to be part of that ongoing conversation and, and the healing um, that this country and this world really needs. And um, yeah, I just thought it was really important to address. I don't, I think that, uh, you know, I don't know what the right thing to say is. I don't know that we always know the right thing to say, but I think just saying something is more than staying silent and just letting people know that we care and we value you. Um, and you matter to us. So that's all. Not that's Thank all, you. but um, yeah. It, yeah. It, and it's a lot, right? So it, it uh, there's so much going on right now and our hearts and our minds are, are, are really, you know, sort of just focused on this issue because it's obviously in the media everywhere right now, even up here in Toronto where I am, uh, you know, there's protests going on uh, in the streets. Um, you know, just like there is everywhere in the U S right now. Um, and for sure, I, I think that, um, you know, we want you to know that we care, that we're listening, um, that, uh, you know, all lives do matter. But right now, these are the, the lives that we need to be thinking about. Um, it's not like, you know, it, it's one's more important than the other, but this is, this is the issue that's front and center at the moment. And we want, you know, uh, the Black community to know that, uh, you know, we're there. And you know, to our members, um, you know, uh, who are, who might be listening and watching, um, and are part of that community, you know, if there's something we can do to help, let us know, uh, you know, to our followers, um, and listeners as well. Um, if there's some story that we can be telling, um, you know, that is contextual to what we're, what we do here every week, please, uh, reach out to us. And, and if there's some way we can, we can help tell that story, we will with what little of a platform we have here, uh, each week. And, um, yeah, it, it's, it, it's, um, it's it incredibly important and it's, uh, you know, just as, as people, as humans, um, you know, we all need to be concerned about these issues and it's not just for, for one group to be dealing with, uh, or not, uh, we're, we're all people on the same planet and we need to find ways to, you know, all, uh, coexist in, in a, you know, 
really um, loving and um, connected, um, you know, sort of, you know, one race type of, in my opinion. So I'll leave it at that. Um, but uh, just just know that it's it's on our hearts and our minds. And, you know, we, uh, we just didn't want to kick off the show, just jump into the regular stories. But uh, we do have those for you as well. So um, anyhow, um, we'll leave it at that. All right, we do have uh, a good show for you as, as per usual. We have uh, three industry news stories to cover off this week, um, as well as a guest uh, in our normal, uh, uh, well, not normal, but our COVID normal members at home uh, series that we've been doing uh, uh, over these past weeks. And so I'll let Aubriana start us off with our first uh, story, uh, taking us over across the pond. Here we go. Yeah, so Westfield um, Malls has a mall in the Netherlands. Um, it is a, um, I guess it's like kind of in between Amsterdam, Rotterdam, and Utrecht and The Hague. I'm horribly butchering these names. Um, but they are using a new uh, technology to help with social distancing along with some other things. Uh, but they basically are using um, LED screens and AR the combination of those to show um, social distance and distancing and encourage social distancing amongst shoppers. So um, you may have seen the video of this recently. You know, it was on uh, several different platforms, including LinkedIn. And basically the software is scanning um, and sensing passing shoppers. And then uh, it shows real time circles that suggest distancing based on, you know, what, how spread out people are. Um, and then it will flash red circles if people are not adhering to the right guidelines. Um, so, you know, this is interesting. The, the vendor that they're using is called Ocean Outdoor. Um, I'm sure this was not an inexpensive endeavor. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting to see this because obviously, um, I mean, I think it's intriguing. I don't know that the, the cost of something like this is, um, you know, and, and this alone probably is not the solution. And I think that they noted that in the story that this alone was not, you know, the only thing that they're doing, but this can just allow people to keep front of mind that they need to stay socially distanced from others that they're not in the household with as they're out and starting to reopen, um, you know, all across the world and more of these shopping environments. So um, it's interesting. I mean, I think that, you know, we've seen a lot of different implicate applications with AR and, um, and we've also been talking a lot about different sensors and, and uh, I mean, you and I have had these conversations on the podcast and off, but, you know, different ways that people um, and businesses are starting to plug in these types of sensors to encourage people to stay socially distanced and also show, you know, compliance or adherence to the, the you know, the uh, statutes that different governments are mandating as businesses are opening and showing, um, you know, how well they're doing. So, um, yeah, I think this is an interesting, another interesting way of doing that. I think we're going to see more and more of these types of technologies roll out. Um, and yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, I think it's, it's a unique way in a mall environment to kind of, you know, sort of show that in real time as people are moving throughout the property with these sort of, um, projected circles, if you will. Um, I think, to, to me, there's kind of two aspects to when you think about how to, you know, you know, visualize or, or, you know, enforce social distancing, right? One is, is to kind of 
do it this way where it's really about trying to engage the people as they're going through and getting them to think about it and and sort of react if you will in real time you know up here as we've seen i'm sure you have in atlanta i know in um you know some of the uh the parks in in new york and so on like here here are a lot of our our major parks in the city they've drawn these big painted these circles throughout the park right and so like if you're going to hang out in the park for you know the day you know whatever you, you stay inside your circle um so there's these sort of visual cues uh that i think are really interesting and, and i think though when you get in indoors like into you know in a mall i guess where it's it's somewhat spread out you can kind of get away with this but you know what happens when you're like actually inside of a store in the mall you can't really do this right in the concourses and so on it makes sense but you know, when you're inside of like a, an H and M store or whatever, um, you know, it's not, um, you know, you, you you don't have the technology to enable this, right? So now it's up to the manager of the store or the security guard or somebody else, you know, or in how you lay out the store itself in terms of you know reshaping you know the sort of the flow of people throughout to sort of naturally enable that, right? And I think those are some of the challenges that we're seeing. I know uh, in our other business at Ground Level Insights, my, my other company, um, we've got a, uh, a CCTV-based camera solution that can actually measure social distancing, you know, using video analytics. And um, but but you know, it, it's sending notifications to the manager or the security person or whatever if they're seeing you know areas where there, there's constant you know sort of breakdowns in that. And so it's up to you know that employee to then go and follow up. You know, with either you know, sort of redeveloping that part of the store because they're seeing too much congregating traffic, or you know, to actually engage in real time with you know the customers that are flowing through there to break them up and so on. So, um, but 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 I do I think it's an interesting technology. I think it's a one that can work in a mall environment like this. Um, and uh, yeah, good on Westfield for for trying. You know, we don't even have our malls reopen here yet, so we'll see. All right, um, on to our second story now. Um, this is a local story here in Toronto. Uh, so there's a group um, here called Immersive uh, Technologies and they're, they've teamed up and gotten some support from Microsoft's AI for Accessibility program to create a beta version of a new app that they're calling Map in Hood. It's like a play on Robin Hood, um, you know, uh, and so basically what this is, it's sort of, think of it as the uh, uh, the ways for pedestrian traffic uh, is kind of how they're positioning this. And it's, you know, all COVID related, it's about, you know, physical distancing again. Um, but basically what they do is they provide people with information in real time about, you know, which are the least busy uh, walking routes, um, you know, to run your errands and, you know, which sidewalks are not congested and, all these kinds of things, um, you know, in terms of, you know, being able to plan your route to avoid heavy pedestrian foot traffic areas, um, you know, and sort of minimizing potential exposure. You know, I, I think it's an interesting academic application. I think it's, um, it's got some interesting data. I think that um, it's, it's, it's not something in my mind that you can scale 
you know, easily, you know, to multiple markets and, and so on. But, but, I, but I do like that the, the initiative behind it, I think the data behind it is interesting and could be useful, you know, blended into other applications. Um, so, you know, I certainly, I, I certainly applaud the effort uh, behind it. The other challenge is it's an app and like any app, it's, you know, you've got to drive downloads and awareness and, and, you know, it's limited by, you know, how many people you can get it in the hands of that actually, you know, see value in that. But I think from a, you know, uh, a data perspective, from a, you know, trying to think about innovative ways to approach physical distancing, you know, I, I, I like it. I think it's a very interesting uh, way to think about how to use data. Yeah, I would echo what you say. I think the biggest challenge will be adoption um, as a standalone app. To me, this makes more sense as a feature um, or an option maybe within a ways that already has ma mass adoption um, and allowing people just to switch over to this feature, you know, um, in, in order to use it for their specific use case. I do think that, you know, having obviously sidewalks go different places where roads uh, and transit don't. And so from that perspective, I think that's interesting because there's a lot of times when maybe you're trying to walk in an area that you maybe don't know very well, but you want to find the shortest route instead of just following the main roads. Um, and so for me, I think that's, uh, you know, an interesting application that, you know, could span past, you know, anything about social distancing. But um, yeah, I mean, I think they're thoughtful. Yeah, yeah, and and just to be clear, like it's not just that data. Like they they do have crime data and lighting condition data. Apparently, accidents, construction hazards, all these other things that are in there in terms of you know the the sidewalks and whatnot. You know, and many businesses, many streets here in the city, as they're preparing for reopening and whatnot, are you know widening lanes and doing things you know beyond the normal you know sort of what's on the normal map, if you will. So sort of having real time access to data like that, I think is is good. Um, you know, I just think from a scalability perspective, they, you know, there, there needs to be, you know, some way to kind of take this into uh, another platform that perhaps already has scale um, or, or blended into a non app, you know, type of application, you know, where the data can be pulled. So, but I like it. So there you go. All right. That's our first two stories. We've got one more, but before we get there, uh, we've been doing a series that we call Members at Home. You know, as we've all been working from home during this COVID time, uh, we've been doing interviews with different uh, senior executives of, of member companies all over the world. Uh, and this week we go to Germany, uh, and I had a chance to sit down uh, earlier with uh, a gentleman by the name of Banjo Wanscher, and he's the group CEO of a company called Rokio Commerce Solutions. And we had a great chat about uh, some interesting things that are going on in Germany and how they're trying to, you know, leverage their technology uh, uh, into uh, businesses there in retail and e-commerce in particular, and kind of what's sort of obviously with people, you know, at home and not able to go to stores, you know, what that's meant for, e you know, the e-commerce side of businesses and so on. So anyhow, uh, uh, without any further ado, here he is, uh, Vanjo Vancher, Group CEO, Rokio Commerce Solutions. All right, I'm very excited uh, this week for our guest uh, on our Members at Home series. His name is Vanyo Vancher. Uh, he's a group CEO of a company called Rokio uh, Commerce, and they're out of uh, our German uh, operations. Uh, so uh, welcome, Vanyo. How are you? 
Hi. Uh, yeah. Hi, Azif. Uh, thanks. Uh, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, um, I'm good. And uh, this is the only time I'm I'm sitting today in the office, but normally I'm sitting at home as uh, as all the others around the globe. Yeah. yeah. So just for uh, our show is, has a very global audience. So uh, just for folks who may not know you uh, outside of Germany, let's say, uh, you know, what does what uh, Rokio do? Like what, what's uh, the focus of the business? Yeah, we at Rockio, um, our goal is to provide a, um, a seamless customer experience regarding omni-channel commerce um, for mid-size uh, uh, retailers. Yeah, um, we have the experience of 40 years in, in, in providing brick and mortar software solutions. And we merged that two years ago with a company um, who's coming out of uh, e-commerce and has an e-commerce backend. So we bring in all the knowledge to run uh, omni-channel from, uh, from a single point of truth, cloud-based uh, platform. And uh, two-thirds of our customers are really brick-and-mortar retailers uh, who are in, in that transformation to digital commerce. And the other one-third is uh, pure players coming from, from e-commerce and some of them opening shops and, and showrooms. Yeah, and we help both sides of the business, online and offline, um, to build connections between their systems. And uh, yeah, and we have our own software solution um, to to provide that. Very good, very good. Um, so obviously, when we're talking about retail uh, in a time like this, when we're all globally dealing with uh, with the COVID uh, crisis. You know, uh, economies being shut down, businesses being shut down. Here in, in Canada, where I am, you know, many businesses, we're hearing, uh, especially restaurants and small retailers, you know, many are saying, hey, look, we're not going to survive this. We're not going to reopen. Uh, we're out of business for good. What, what, what's the situation in Germany that you're seeing with your clients and, you know, the retail sector there? Yeah, so uh, we had a lockdown. When was it? Mid of March. March. Yeah, mid of March, yeah, I say uh, March 16th or something, um, all stores were closed um, in Germany. And of course, it was a big shock. I mean, yeah, um, as I said, two thirds of my customers are from brick and mortar yeah, and all they have is their stores. And um, and after they they all had some time to work on the shock, yeah, they they were all um, yeah starting uh, some creative solutions yeah. and of course i mean in in this situation yeah the the real omni-channel retailers yeah, were in a great advantage yeah um, you know that the e-commerce uh, sales figures uh, were going up yeah. i have some customers who doubled and tripled their sales in the last eight weeks yeah um, i mean that's that's huge yeah, uh, right now uh, the the package delivery companies they they um, they're really postponing the deliveries because they do not have enough people to deliver packages. So that's the situation here in Germany. And if you already transformed your business into a real omni-channel business, yeah, then and you are you are active on digital platforms or with your own web shop or or wherever, yeah. Um, um, then of course you had the advantage to uh, do not stop 100% of your sales. Mm -hmm. yeah? And, uh, and of course, um, yeah, that was, that was the situation. So what we did in the last weeks was we, uh, from the, from the second day after the lockdown, we approached our customers yeah, who were not online 
and told them, see, these are your possibilities now. Yeah, you can connect to an existing platform. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and do not think only about the big guys. Yeah? Do not think only about Amazon and eBay. Yeah, also think about local small platforms. Yeah, in in Europe we have what 30, 40 different platforms. Yeah, maybe only for fashion. Yeah, yeah there's a special platform for shoes. There's a special platform for everything. And um, and we have the possibility with our system to connect to these platforms very easily because we have real time stocks in our system from all stores, yeah. And um, and we have all the 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 item information. Yeah, we have all the master data, um, and uh, so it was really easy. And in the first two weeks, I remember that after the lockdown, we uh, we completed thirty integrations into platforms with uh, retailers. Yeah. Um, so this was the big thing that we, let's say, accelerated this digital transformation from brick and mortar stores into online. Amazing. Yeah, no, it, it's definitely uh, kind of shifting the, the landscape a little bit. Right. And, you know, it's, you, you mentioned about these small players in Germany. Uh, and I think that's that's a, a key point, because I think in, in many markets, we don't have that so much here, for example, in Canada. Um, you know these specialized platforms for 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 different uh, you know uh, parts of the, uh, the the industry, whether it's shoes or you know hats or whatever the case might be. Um, so that's that's really cool. Um, the other thing that you touched on just briefly, you talked about the uh, the delivery companies. What what are you seeing? Are you seeing any opportunities coming on the uh, you know in in terms of um, you know, uh, working directly with those types of companies uh, in, you know, from a data perspective, um, in, in sort of real-time data flowing from the delivery companies. You know, we're see, we historically see a lot of that in the restaurant industry, you know, with yeah. Uber, Uber Eats and Foodora and all these kind of companies. But what are you seeing there in terms of the data side? Yeah. Ooh, that's complicated because you know these are the big guys, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and and usually they do not talk to us. Yeah? They only talk yeah. with SAP and Oracle, and they just ignore the mid market. Right. Yeah, to be honest, yeah. I mean, we had some projects with them, and uh, and we have connections to special logistics uh, middleware systems where we can get some information out of that. But that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know how it sometimes is uh, for small players like us you know, in, yeah. in mid-market to connect to the big guys. For sure, for sure. And and for 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 Rokio itself, like, has there been any um, with everybody working from home now? Have have you discovered any new tools, any kind of technology that you found useful? Uh, you know, as we've talked to people around the world, we hear about a lot of Zoom, of course, a lot of Slack, a lot of uh, different tools that people are weren't using before COVID. And now, like, just to keep in contact with colleagues and get work done, they're finding new technology. What about you guys? Anything new that's, uh, you know, the company's using? Yeah. Um you know, because we, we merged three companies together, we have three, actually three office locations. Yeah? Okay. Um, in the north of Germany, in Hamburg, where I sit, then uh, uh, in the middle of Germany and in the south of Germany. Yeah, So all of them are three, 400 kilometers apart from each other. And that was one of the reasons why we implemented last year Microsoft Teams yeah, in, for all of our locations and put them together into one domain. And... <laughs> 
the interesting thing was that you know a lot of um, my my colleagues here they said wow i will never do video calls yeah it's you know <laughs> i need this personal connection yeah so we were all traveling around around these three locations yeah we had travel cost and 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 travel time we spent between the locations it's uh, it's uh, unbelievable yeah and now after two months uh, working from home uh, everybody's doing everything in Microsoft Teams uh, and everything uh, can be done remotely. Um, that's something nobody could believe before. Yeah, especially Germans, let's say we are a little bit conservative. Yeah. Uh, we are not the first movers when it comes to, uh, to new technologies. Yeah, you know, uh, Slack was so new, yeah, nobody was using here. Yeah, um, yeah. so uh, the biggest uh, change is that um, not only for us internally, um, we, we, uh, we, we, we found out that we can do everything remotely, everything. Yeah? Mm -hmm. I'm sitting in huge video calls with uh, not only with my management team, but also with all other colleagues uh, in working groups. Yeah? And we work more, a lot more efficiently um, uh, than before the crisis. Yeah? on site people traveling around in huge meeting rooms and uh, of course the only part i miss is the social part you know uh, going yeah. out for dinner with my colleagues uh, going out for lunch uh, and have all this personal conversation yeah. uh, we do uh, two times a week we do digital lunch together uh, in the company so we meet just for lunch uh, in in microsoft teams but of course it's not the same uh, right uh, and the biggest change uh, regarding our customers is that after the first two weeks and the shock, they also recognized that mostly all of our work we can do remotely. Yeah, and um, I mean, eight weeks ago, they, they never accepted that we charge the same hour rate yeah, and we do our work remotely. <laughs> yeah, in, in Germany, really, you, you do also, yeah, as an IT consultant, yeah, you travel to the customer, you meet them on site, you're sitting in a meeting room with them, and then you're, you're staring at the same screen with yes. them in this meeting room, which makes no sense yeah, if, you, if you see this realistically yeah, with the experience we have yeah. all now. Yeah? And, uh, and, yeah, and now all of our customers accept that. Yeah, we charge our normal hourly rate, yeah, but there are no travel costs, no travel time we invest, and our consultant team is doing the same work from home. Yeah, I mean, it's only IT we are doing. Yeah, we do not do hardware, so for us, it was a really easy shift to do this completely uh, remotely. Amazing. That's, that's really great. Okay, last question for you. Um, so what's the coolest thing you've seen in Germany in terms of like uh, just, you know, a business that's really done a great job of trying to help people, you know, during, you know, the COVID time or just some new opportunity that's come about for, you know, Rokio or, or other businesses that you've seen. It doesn't have to be from your company. Just, you know, just cool, cool implementations. Like we've, I'll give you a couple of quick examples. So we've seen... Yeah. Here in the U.S., like one company did uh, a really cool implementation to try to help homeless people uh, on the streets, um, you know, using uh, like um, Uber-like data services to try to kind of keep track of where they were and send help to them. Uh, Burger King has done some pretty cool marketing campaigns where they like put up like uh, little, uh, uh, because all the kids are at home uh, for school as well, so they put like these... Um, 
uh, math questions and science questions, like problems yeah. to solve in uh, in ads. And then if you solve it, you get the discount code for the free Whopper and stuff like that. Like, cool. you know, so yeah. anything cool in Germany that you've seen? Well, maybe not cool, not that cool, yeah, but um, the the nicest thing I've seen uh, at my customer sites was WhatsApp selling. Okay. Uh, um, it was really a thing we heard from the US or, or maybe more from Asia, yeah, um, but um, a lot of my small retailers started with that. So um, during the lockdown, the sales uh, staff was, was on site in the store, walking around with a live video on, yeah, with their loyal customers on uh, on the on the channel, and uh, and then they were selling through WhatsApp to their customers, and they they do the whole the whole um, uh, consulting and and everything and style. I don't know what they do. You know, um, they do they did everything via WhatsApp. And you know, before the crisis, yeah, you had only discussions with why well, you know nobody wants that, and then you have data security issues. Yeah. yeah? We cannot, we cannot put the customer data into WhatsApp. Uh, it's not because of German data security law. You cannot use this. Yeah? And all this discussion was gone during a few days after lockdown. And now um, some of them using this very, very successful. And I'm very proud that they made the shift in, in you know, just a couple of days. Uh, and this shows how... Um, yeah, how easy it is sometimes to implement new technology and new processes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, instead of, you know, instead of just uh, finding all the ways why you cannot do this. Yeah. Amazing. No, it's uh, I think it, the cool thing for me when you when you look at, at the big picture of all of this is that, you know, we have time to really think and plan and you know, come up with, uh, re realize that there's more to just being in the office and, you know, being yeah. just locked into our work all the time. Like you, you get to see, you know, connection, different ways to build connections between business, between clients, between your family and, you know, all of that. And um, you realize there, there's more to the world than just, you know, running all the time chasing the, you know, the client, right? So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I appreciate I you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you so much. Uh, again, for our audience, we've been chatting with Vanyo Vancher. He's the group CEO of a company called Rokio Commerce uh, out of Germany. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Aziz. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, all the best. Take care. Thank you, Vanjo. We really appreciate you coming on the show and taking some time out of your busy schedule to uh, address our audience and uh, hopefully uh, many uh, learn some interesting insights about your company and we're glad that you're part of the LBMA. So there you go. Yeah, and what an awesome name. I mean, he could do anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure I butchered the pronunciation, but uh, yeah, anyhow, yeah, we'll go with that. All right, so our final story um, is going into the payment solution. And this is a story from PayPal. And I actually really like this story because it's something that I've been thinking out, thinking about a lot as I slowly branch out. I mean, we're still not really going anywhere much, even though things have opened up here in Georgia. Um, you know, we're still kind of basically just kind of hitting up the grocery store and that's about it at this point. But um, whenever I do go places that don't accept Apple Pay, I'm constantly thinking that there has to be a better way than using, you know, my credit card to pay or cash, obviously, just from, um, you know, like a contamination type of perspective. And how do we maintain, 
you know, being as cautious as possible in this environment. And so PayPal has introduced, um, it's called contactless QR codes for payments, and this will help people maintain distance um, while venturing out for, you know, their in-person shopping. And so um, these QR codes have been made available in 28 markets, including the U.S. and Canada and a bunch of other ones. Um, and they are doing this, you know, from farmers markets to resale shops to basically anything. Um, and for now, transaction fees are being waived um, for any sales that are utilizing the QR codes, which is a great thing. So obviously this will limit the physical interaction and the handling of, you know, money or, or you know, credit cards um, for, for checkout and having to push any buttons or anything like that. So people will just use their smartphone to scan the codes um, right into their PayPal app and, you know, be able to pay right there. So I really like this approach just because, you know, I'm always thinking about even as careful as I try to be when I go out, whether that's wearing gloves or, you know, hand sanitizing a million times, like you still have to touch something, like you still have to pay if they don't have Apple Pay as an option um, or Google Pay, whatever it is that you use there. So I think that, you know, the ability to be able just to pay with the PayPal app is great. You know, there's some stores that are are more forward in adopting this, but this sounds like something that even some of the smaller merchants could probably easily adopt. And I like that this would be able to span, you know, like they said, from a farmer's market all the way maybe to a grocery store. So um, I think this is a, a, a good move and a smart move with PayPal. So we'll see how this changes. It'll be interesting to see how these types of technologies kind of change our consumer behavior moving forward because we're having to change our behavior, right? Um, due to global pandemic and other things. And, you know, we're constantly evolving, but this is forcing that hand a little quicker. So, you know, what other things are we changing in our behavior? It will be interesting to see how those start to pan out. Yeah, I, I like this story as well. It, it's a couple of things kind of pop into my mind as I think about it. The first is, is that, you know, we've covered a number of stories over the last year or two uh, where we've seen a resurgence of the QR code, especially in the Asian markets. Um, you know, a lot of like businesses in Hong Kong and Japan and whatnot, you know, are using QR codes regularly. They're sort of, a, you know, one of the, the native things in things like, you know, uh, WeChat uh, and, and Alipay and types of platforms, you know, have long supported QR-based payments. So I think it's it's good that PayPal is doing this, you know, but it's interesting that, you know, this is, it, it takes COVID to kind of bring this into, you know, the North American, um, you know, and European sort of mindset, right? Because, um, you know, it just hasn't been there. And, and I think, you know, sort of, having a technology like this that means that we can have you know contactless you know distance payment transactions i think is a good thing um in general i think you know it, it's it, it makes it easy to do so many things at a distance uh, i know a few years ago we were uh, working with a, a swedish company that had developed a uh, a qr code based payment platform that they were testing on uh digital signage screens that were you know sort of at, at you know, sort of consumer height as you walk by, like, you know, bus shelter type screens and these kinds of things. And it was exactly that. It was, you know, here's a QR code. You see the offer on the on the digital screen. You're interested. You could just scan the thing right away and, like, you know, have an e-commerce transaction and, and, you know, link it to your Amazon pay account kind of thing, you know, Amazon account and have it delivered, you know, because they already have your address information and so on. So I think there's this sort of 
ease of you know sort of uh, integration and you know payment and transaction sort of all happening together that can be powered by something like a QR code like this. So I quite like it. Um, you know, up here in Canada, it's been really interesting. You know, with some of the uh, fast food restaurants that are uh, doing uh, the, the drive-throughs and the takeout are still there. The restaurants themselves are closed, but you can you can you know kind of go to those things. And I went to um, one of the uh, the burger chains the other day, uh, and you know you know how like everybody's got their you know sort of how you visualize six foot distancing. Well, up here in Canada, you know that's a hockey stick. You know, because we're Canadian and we're all about hockey, and so this particular burger chain's teamed up with CCM, which is one of the biggest manufacturers of, of hockey equipment that makes sticks. And so every one of their restaurants, when you go to the drive-through and you go to the payment, the payment terminal, like with the tap thing, is mounted to the end of a hockey stick, and they stick a hockey stick out the window, and then basically you tap the end of the hockey stick. And so like they like even there, they've got the uh, the distance. Uh, Things sort of being reinforced uh, in a fun Canadian, you know, way. But uh, yeah, I love it. I think it's um, it's it's super cool um, that they're they're doing this, and and I'm glad that you know they're testing it in so many different markets too. So 28 different markets worldwide, including Canada um, and a number of uh, of European uh, markets as well. So yeah, there you go. Uh, if you've had a chance to play around with that, and you're listening or watching. Uh, at PayPal or any, uh, just on the consumer front, reach out to us. I'd love to kind of hear your experience with it. Uh, if you think it's, uh, you know, something that uh, is here for the long haul in, uh, in the North American markets, we'll see. Uh, so again, that's, that's our show for this week. Three industry news stories, um, a special guest in our Members at Home uh, series. And of course, as we kicked off, as Aubriana kicked us off, um, you know, please, uh, you know, if you are feeling impacted, you know, whatever, um, with regards to the current situation of uh, uh, black people in, in America or around the world for that matter, um, you know, and you're part of our community, know that we're, we're with you, uh, we're thinking about you. Uh, and if there's something that we can do um, in terms of using this platform to help, uh, reach out to us and let us know. Um, our contact information is at the end of the show uh, in terms of social media and so on. And uh, we thank you for listening and watching. Uh, we'll be back, of course, next week with yet another episode. But for now, uh, have a great week. Stay safe, healthy, and well. Um, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.